Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Doc Wesson, and in this episode of The Gun Nation... Justice Scalia passes away. Man, what does that mean for the Second Amendment? Average Joe reviews a new, old, sick. And we discuss magazine reloads. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Your Gun Nation. It all begins right now. Right, folks, another episode of the Gun Nation. Uh, we've got Paul the Blade with us and uh, Mr. Average Joe. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Terrific. Good, Doc. How are you? Yeah, I'm busy. Whew. Been busy. You know, coming home, watching TV. <laughs> we we had some... Nah, we're company. We've had a lot of customers coming in lately. We, we had some inclement weather yesterday, and I think... Uh, started Sunday night, and I think the week before we were like, you know, it's about 70 degrees, and then it, boom, one day it just got down. I think stayed in the 30s for a while, never got over 40, uh, maybe a few degrees over 40 one day. But then all oh, of a man. sudden, yeah, that's, you know, for North Carolina, we're up and down. Mm-hmm. So. And then we got the uh, the old ice, a little bit of snow, but mostly ice kind of thing happening. and uh, Then it was about... You know, 50, almost 60 degrees today, so all that's gone. Uh, and we're supposed to get up to 70-something a couple of days, uh, I think towards the end of the week, and then first of next week we're supposed to get snow again, so you got to love it. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor oh. guy. We only had eight inches last night, so, you know. Yeah, but y'all are used to the, you know, that stuff. They actually called school off for the kids today. I was really surprised. I mean, it really? was like it was just eight inches, no biggie. <laughs> well, <Just> the timing. <laughs> we we had they they of course called before the first anything fell. Um, while the ground was still dry, they called school off around here. <laughs> and is then, that how the North won the Civil War? Yes, I believe. Um, <laughs> that's right. Well, we we ended up having. Uh, we ended up having, you know, just a little bit. And, of course, they called off the next day because it continued to, continued to, you know, sleet and freezing rain and all that. And then um, it, from that point forward, I think it, it never got into the 30s until somewhere around 6-ish, 7 o'clock. And then all of a sudden, bam, it went to almost like 40 degrees. I think that was around the lows, around 40. 
Uh, and then it poured down rain last night. I mean, absolutely poured down rain. And then in the morning, everything was pretty much gone. And like I said, you know, the temperature was kind of almost springish like. And uh, so, uh, but they, of course, canceled school for today, too. And I just found out that um, my son will be going in two hours late tomorrow. Oh, man. So I'm like, why? (laughs) It was like there's not a cloud in the sky today, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And I don't even think uh, there was anything on the road at all except all that salt. That's another thing, man. They put that brine out, and, I mean, it's like they don't need to be putting that much out. It's unbelievable how much they put out now. So I don't know. I remember when I was young, man, They you got lucky if they scraped, like, one road. and It was, like, the main <laughs> road in town. I mean, seriously, that's why we'd be out a week because, you know, everything stayed on every other road except for the main road in, in, in the city. So I don't know. Then they hired a bunch of people and got a bunch of plows and started dumping salt everywhere. and That's just no fun anymore. But I digress. Well, guys, uh... Let's talk about some gunnish stuff, some quality gunnage things. Um, I guess first thing uh, we need to do is, let's see here. Let's talk about, oh my gosh, yeah, with the Scalia thing that, that happened. Um, what do you think, guys? I mean, wow, what's that going to do for us? Hmm. Well, it's going to put the Second Amendment in jeopardy if uh, the current commander-in-chief gets to uh, select somebody. I understand his short list is uh, um, Michael Moore. I think that's who he wants to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, Loretta, I, yeah. Loretta Lynch, I think, is... Well, that's what everybody seems to think that he's thinking. Um, of course, she's the AG right now. And uh, I think she's from Greensboro, actually. We don't claim that, um, but... <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, she's she's his puppet anyway. It's been proven already, and uh, I mean, rest assured, anybody that he chooses is going to be not good. Uh, yeah, and so it's, it's an interesting situation for sure. Um, this would be if if Obama is able to make an appointment and have that appointment confirmed, that would be his third appointment. Am I correct? Yeah. Yes, and that's. Uh, you know, I mean, that's almost, of course, it's 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 not, but I mean, we're we're starting to get to a third of the court there. That's that's a, a long living legacy, if that's the case. Now, I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that there are going to be the typical uh, political shenanigans played that this time will probably work out, at least in the short term, in gun owners' favor, and uh, long term, we'll see what it is that happens, and that'll depend on. What happens in November? Yeah, I just hope. There, that, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say there's there's uh, you know all kinds of talk about uh, uh, precedent that's been set in the past and and the, uh, the the different ways that things may go about it. But the reality is is that the Republican Party has the ability to stall this this appointment and the confirmation for quite some time. So that's what they need to do is delay, delay, delay. Um, but the thing is, I mean, if it get into the next term, I mean, yeah, we don't know what that means. Yeah. I mean, let's just say, let's just say that, uh, you know, we don't get a, well, no, heaven forbid that, but we don't get a conservative in and, um, uh, yeah, president 
uh, President Clinton might yeah. uh, appoint past President Obama to the Yeah, court. that would suck a... Because he's an expert on constitutional law. He is an expert. And then... Because well, uh, he think, gets around uh, it. Think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He skirts it like like nobody's business yeah. sometimes. But, uh, you know, even even if we do have a Republican president, the question is, is will there be someone that's appointed that has that same level of conservatism as the departing justice had? And I think the answer is probably no. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that right now we're going to have anyone confirmed that has the originalist ideas that Scalia had. Yeah, he was and, he, he was the pinnacle of it. I mean, in our living times and. You know, maybe there is somebody else, but I, I don't know. You combine his constitutional conservatism along with his smarts, and uh, it's going to be hard to replace that. Uh, you know, I think no doubt. Not only is it hard to find someone like that, but also hard to get that person confirmed. Yep. And that's the issue that we that we stand against. And and I, you know, as soon as the headline broke, you know, my thought was, man, imagine if Heller would have gone the other way. Whew. You know, what was that? Was that 2000, yeah. the Heller decision? Yeah, and, you know, we've had 15 years, 16 years now of, of progress and more before that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if that decision would have gone differently, think about what it is we might be fighting against right now. And so this is certainly something to be concerned about and to be thinking about. And, and it's, it's not that it needed renewing, but it's got me paying more attention to the presidential race now because, uh, you know, the hope is obviously this appointment will be postponed. Well, we do have Thomas and Alito. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, you know, <clears throat> Kennedy and uh, Roberts, I I don't know what to, that guy, but it's it's two against the rest of the court almost to, to a certain degree. And I, I, it scares me. Like you say, you get one more in there. Uh, and they're going to start attacking things specific, being Second Amendment, and you know it's going to be a disastrous mess, is what it's going to be. But uh, my hopes, and, and you know, of course, um, um, they. Uh, I know Ted Cruz has come out and said that he would filibuster absolutely any nominee that the president put forward, and of course, mm-hmm. it becomes a political thing at that point. I, and and uh, you know, here's to Ted. So what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a constitutional thing, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, if you, if if they think they're going to lose, I guess, political capital or, uh, I guess, any type of votes from the swing people or whatever, I, I hopefully that would swing it in our direction. Uh, I don't think – I mean, I think that, um, you know, you look in the days of Reagan and uh, it went – Everybody kept saying basically the same things they said about Cruz, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, of course, eventually he won in landslide. So uh, I don't know. But what, what if we have Trump as a president, though? What's going to happen there? I mean, is he going to, you know, do? I that mean, can't be predicted, Doc. I mean, boy, like... can it not? <laughs> Depends on which ways the wind's blowing here. I think, but. I mean, you know, he he's come out and said he's for the Second Amendment and believes people could should have firearms for safe, you know, safety or self protection, whatever reasons. And um, but you know, we know about what he said in the past too. So I don't know. Uh, it's scary. I I mean, can who would he who would he pick as a uh, as a justice? <laughs> would anybody care to venture? 
Uh, Judge Judy. Yeah, Judge Judy, that would be, yeah, right. And then he'd fire her when uh, when things didn't go his way. You're fired. I don't even know. Yeah. You know, part of the part of the problem that goes along with all of this, and and I hate to to say this and be the the uh negative Nancy, but you know, it's not just Trump. I mean, at this point, anybody that wants the job of president, the way the the way the office is structured today and, and what it takes to get there, and the fact that it's a career as opposed to a political uh, position, uh-huh. it, it concerns me about the motivation of anyone. Yeah, I agree. And, and, I, and I hate to be that, that negative Nancy. I don't mean to disrespect the office of the president's, uh, presidency, yet I question, you know, when we look at the cast of characters that are in front of us. Yeah. How many people are standing up and saying, oh, yes, this is the perfect candidate? You know, most people are making a choice of the lesser of evils. Yeah. yeah. That's an unfortunate thing. And I was getting ready to say, let's let it be known that I personally would, you know, I mentioned Trump and obviously we'll get some people saying, oh, you know, upset about it. Um, But I will say this. I will take pretty much any of the ones we have over any of the ones they have (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. My political strategy right now is uh, um, uh, uh, ABH, anybody but Hillary. (laughs) And Bernie now. I mean, we don't we don't need a communist in there. So, well, I'm, I'm hoping if Bernie were to get in, that Congress could keep him under control. I mean, he's he's seventy four. He's going to be in assisted living soon. <laughs> well, did you? Um, I've read a lot about him. You know, tried to get factual stuff. I mean, he never he did not hold a job until in his forties. Uh, he now I'll have to say this is the guy that uh, he lives it now. I think his net worth like thirty thousand dollars or something like that. <laughs> so uh, you know, he he actually talk walks the walks the walk of what he talks. So it's. Uh, uh, you know, but I, I just don't understand. Well, I guess I do. People don't pay attention, and they hear things thrown at them that, "Hey, you get this, you get that." Why wouldn't anybody want that? That didn't know, you know, when they get free yeah. stuff or you know anything like that. It's marketing. You know, people catch the sound bite. Yeah, they don't spend the time to to think critically about it, and you know, they might as well be buying one of those awesome bulletproof ball caps. Those are awesome. <sighs> I'm gonna buy each one of you one. Oh, Thank good, you. Doc. Thank you. <laughs> or make you one. I can make you one. That would be that now. Mine will stop that, something now. <laughs> mine will yeah. definitely. You won't be able to wear it on your head. I was gonna say um, that, but... that muscles like a rhinoceros. <laughs> but hey, you know, <laughs> walk around look like a Frankenstein. Uh, anyway, okay, so, you know, I, I was shocked when I heard that. I was like, oh, my gosh, Scalia passed away. I cannot believe, you know, that this will be the case. And, um, and, and you know, of course— uh, And, of course, our condolences go out to his family. Oh, my and gosh, yes. yeah. And, 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 and uh, I mean, who doesn't need another conspiracy theory to think about? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's truly one of those deals where you can say, wow, what a great man this guy was, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. And then you come back secondarily and say, oh, my gosh, we're screwed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we feel bad about that for sure. But anyway, well, we'll see. It's coming up. I know that uh, I was reading today, you know, that Obama's going out there now, and he's saying he's starting to look through the selections. And uh, um, hopefully I will get out of it as a, a chuckle for his, you know, 
there'll be no real threats because nobody will want to put in, you know, and uh, it'll get either filibustered or delayed or, you know, turned down or whatever. But don't I don't know why anybody would want to be on the Supreme Court because most of them die while they're on the job, except for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> yeah, you're right. While they're on the job, that's right. Uh, yeah, Darth Vader Ginsburg. She's um, my gosh, she's. They need to finish embalming her. But anyway, all right. Well, we'll we'll keep up with that and see what happens. I like um, you know, been reading, of course, what it means for the Second Amendment. We 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 obviously know what it could possibly mean one way or the other so and uh, my hope is obviously is i think the rest of you we get a a solid uh conservative type uh, person in there to uh, uh select properly uh for what's right uh including the amendments uh and the constitution for sure man i'll tell you he's gonna be missed um absolutely yeah uh let's see here uh i noticed that um there there's a new knife out and um blade well since you're here with us tonight won't you uh you're you're a knife expert well i've been sharpening it this whole time you didn't hear me <laughs> i've been hearing it but i just it was light it was done lightly pretty cool uh pretty interesting pretty uh cool. pretty fun little uh, yeah yeah i mean it's 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 a nice little trinket like i think about this <laughs> trinket and i think about yeah i think that's fair yeah, I think about those little pop guns that you find at, you know, Cabela's that have the cork in them and, you know, their little pump guns and squirts <laughs> the cork off the end, you know. It's the same kind of deal. Columbia River Knife and Tool, CRKT, has some wooden knives that they've introduced. And the whole idea behind them is to be a project, number one, and possibly a training tool for children and knives. And so they've got, uh, you know, folding knife, a fixed blade knife, and a multi-tool, and the the prices range in the in the teens from you know say fifteen to eighteen dollars and the idea is that you put the pocket knife or the fixed blade knife or the multi tool together with your child and then teach them about knife safety and the you know the pocket knife comes with you know a, a blade and a bottle opener and a pair of wooden scissors and so there you go it looks like you hammer in some pins and have at it yeah have at it um, not sure what you have at but well, you know. won't we mention who wrote this article? Her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Did you see this thing, Richard? This is cool. Did you get one for uh, for your kids? <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, it looks, um, I mean, it's wood. All of it. Uh, yeah. Um, or, as I said earlier, you could just give your child a pocket knife and let them and a stick and have them carve a knife. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that's what I did with my kids. Mm -hmm. and, and Joe, I don't know, you know, what, what was like with your kids and doc, I don't know what it is you do with your son, but you know, my daughter was like, Oh dad, I want to chop vegetables. And so I handed her a knife and I said, don't put your fingers underneath that. And she did pretty good until right at the end. And then she cut her finger Yeah, and she hasn't cut her finger since. And I, I'm not, I don't, you know, we just have to kind of balance out the, uh, the advantages and disadvantages. Well, she shouldn't life. have been drinking beer while she was doing right? it. Right, right. You know, She's underaged. Yeah. So anyway, uh, now uh, how much does this knife go for? Uh, fifteen or seventeen or eighteen dollars. Mm -hmm, one of those, depending $14 .99 on fourteen ninety nine or seventeen ninety nine. Well, what's the difference between the two uh, 
models? The one is a fixed blade, so there's no foldingness. And then the other two are folders, one of them being a multi-tool. Mm-hmm. So Scissors, I would imagine there are some bottle opener. pliers, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I guess, I guess for the price of it, uh, you know, it's no different than a lot of other models that kids might put together. Um, I think that that's probably a fair assessment. I think that, you know, if you look at it, the parts, although they don't look overly complicated, yeah. I think that this um, takes a step beyond your average wooden puzzle that a kid might put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've got some pins you've got to drive in, and it's three-dimensional. So from that standpoint, I like that. I think that's great. Um, you think one will end up at school? Because <laughs> you know well, what that means. And yeah. see, that's the problem, isn't it? And that's what's insane about it. Yeah. Is that, you know, your kid does this project and takes this into school and then, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and they they were, uh, you know, pretty much oblivious to the fact that it, what's going to happen. Just thinking, hey, check this out. We did this. My dad and I, you know, and then bang, you know, they're mm-hmm. in jail. Their dad's in jail, you know, so uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm just waiting for like, you know, say, uh, Taurus to come out with a wooden gun kit, <laughs> the wooden the judge don't fit together. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> and it can't be a semi-auto cause the mag falls out. Remington would do Remington, yeah. fall apart. <laughs> Maybe they actually could make something. That... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wooden Pelican case. <laughs> nice. Nice. So anyway. Environmentally proof. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the Nathan's knife kit that Richard linked in his article, and I actually like this. This is this looks like a a standard lockback folder. You know, imagine your 1996 buck knife drop point. You know, that kind of thing. It's a it's a nice looking little kit, and I suppose um, you know it, it has a place. I'm I'm thinking you know I'm just gonna get my kid a, a real folder. In fact, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. One for each of them. When time comes for my son and I, I'll just give him a nice, decent one and just loom over him while we work with it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really good way to go. Yeah. So, but that's I think funny. one of the things if you're if you're choosing a knife for a child, I think one of the important things, obviously, you know, just like with firearms, firearm safety, knife safety makes a ton of sense. I think having a lockback knife really can make a difference for kids because it. Uh, it takes away the possibility of folding that knife up on themselves when they make a mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I would recommend if you're looking for a knife for your child. You know, we think about that classic Swiss Army Boy Scout style knife, you know, as being a good first knife. I don't necessarily agree with that. And your mm-hmm. child might need to learn how to lock and unlock that knife. But uh, if you're thinking about it, I'd say go haul hog, get him a locker. And I don't necessarily ascribe to the fact that you should get them a little tiny folder uh, because, mm-hmm. again, just like very small handguns are experts' guns, not beginners' guns, uh, getting somebody a tiny, teeny, tiny knife that isn't the proper size for them to actually work with mm-hmm. uh, is, again, going to be a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you guys, when was your first knife? When did you get your first knife? I got my first knife when I was in first grade. Mm-hmm. I was probably right around the same age. Uh, it was a double tap knife, uh-huh. uh, really small. 
I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was a, it was a lockback knife, and it was uh, <laughs> when I became you know a, a Cub Scout. I actually uh, was a, an active scout throughout my uh, childhood years, and and so I I did get a a folder mm-hmm. when I joined the Cub Scouts. Well, there you go. Yeah, I I was probably I don't know sub ten, of course. You know, mm-hmm. single digit age. So, and you know, of course. Mine, I think, was a case. I've got it around here somewhere. It's probably rusted up pretty good by now, but because uh, I did, Mine I was, was digging holes with it, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, just doing all kinds of stuff with that. So, oh, you had a buck, yeah, okay. I had a buck, yep. Oh. So, no, no wood knives here. Sorry, I, I guess you know I can see where they're going with it, but man, the minute that thing shows up at the uh, mm, school, not going to be good. Not going to. They have to. You have to paint the tip orange. Paint the blade orange. Anyway, well, um, let's go from knives to guns. Uh, you know, Ooh. average Joe, you had a recent SIG in hand. Uh, yeah, Doc. Uh, SIG has reintroduced the very popular single stack P225 uh, as the P225A1. And as always, we invite everybody to go over to average Joe's handgun reviews.blogspot.com. So that you can take a look at the pictures as we describe um, the pistol uh, to you. Uh, the, the SIG P225, the original, the classic, was one of my favorite uh, pistols of all time. Uh, but SIG dropped them from their U.S. catalog many years ago. And uh, the demand, however, uh, was still strong. So... In the latter part of the last decade, SIG emptied their European warehouses of all their remaining uh, P225s and moved them over here to our marketplace. Thousands of these updated guns, uh, complete with night sights, uh, flooded the market, but when they were gone, they were gone. This is not a gun that you see on the secondary market um, all that much, but they have now reintroduced it, uh, as I mentioned earlier, as the P225A1. Um, and to take a little bit of a, of a look at where it came from, um, SIG got into the pistol business with the 45 ACP Model 220, which was marketed in, in the uh, U.S. in the late 70s as the Browning BDA. I had one offered to me in 1977, but I stupidly turned it down since it didn't look like a Colt 1911, um, as I just didn't understand uh, how nice that double action or traditional double action 220 might be. When the West German police went looking to replace their Walther 32 ACPs with something a little more potent um, back in the uh, 70s, they took bids on a new pistol, and they chose three from three makers. They chose the Walther P5, uh, the SIG P225, or uh, the SIG P6, as it was called in its its government des- designation, and the Heckler & Koch P7. All of these were fine-quality pistols. Sadly, none of them um, are still in production but the uh, bulk of the German states who were free to pick any of the pistols that they wanted 
chose the Sig P225 because it was the least expensive of the trio. Uh, and it was a fantastically um, uh, good pistol. It was a scaled-down version of the P220 45 ACP. It was slimmer. Um, it maintained the classic graceful lines and profile of the P220, and it had a slightly more pronounced curvature of the back strap that most people found very accommodating. Uh, it was an instant, inst- instant hit and uh, uh, became uh, the choice of many different uh, government agencies and uh, military uh, contracts to countries um, around the world. Um, it has been uh, discontinued, as I mentioned, for many years because it looked like at one point in time that the days of the single-stack pistol was dead. Um, at the time, uh, you know, towards the end of the last century, the handgun market was enamored with high-capacity pistols util- utilizing wide double-stack magazines. However, the market trend began to change um, when more states began to uh, issue handgun permits, and we had the uh, high-capacity magazine ban that was uh, in effect during the uh, uh, Clinton era. Uh, and so people said, well, geez, why do I want this huge pistol that was made for an 18-round capacity and only have a magazine that holds 10, give me a smaller pistol. So the single stacks began to find some, uh, um, you know, new marketing. And certainly now, you know, when we get to this point in time, since the single stacks, uh, in particular the P225s or P6s were discontinued, um, We've had a plethora of single-stack concealable pistols come out, the Walther PPS, the uh, uh, Smith & Wesson Shield, uh, the Ruger LC9. And so SIG has wisely decided to come back and give us a, a new single-stack pistol. Uh, they, are, they have renamed this the P225A1, uh, because it does have some design changes from the original uh, pistol. Most obviously, or the most obvious of, of them, is the fact that the trigger guard is now rounded instead of squared off as the classic SIGs had them. And um, there is a wider undercut where the trigger guard meets the grip. Additionally, the distance from the back strap to the front strap on the original P225 um, was fairly long, and that has now been shortened up on the uh, P225A1. The most notable operational design change is the short reset trigger. Um, Obviously, the ones produced 20 years ago did not have the short reset trigger. It just didn't... uh, uh, exist back then. And I don't know how SIG does it, but each year it seems that they're able to shave a few millimeters off that short reset reset. Uh, In comparing the original to the A1, the difference on that reset is just huge. The original P225 was um, 
you know, designed back in the days when the traditional double-action pistols had a very long, very heavy first pull, and you had to release the trigger all the way out in order to get it to uh, reset. Um, with the P225A1, um, the trigger pull has been smoothed and, and reduced, and the reset is al- almost near miraculous. Um, if you are to look at the specifications of the, of the two pistols side by side, um, there's not much difference in them. They are about the same length. They are exactly the same height. They are about the same width. Um, they are about the same barrel length. The P225A1 is about four ounces heavier than the original. Um, the double action pull on the originals were 12 pounds, and uh, the double action pull now is at 10 pounds. Um, the originals came with black plastic grips, and the new ones uh, have some grips that I really like. They are black G10 with a uh, silver SIG medallion inlaid into the uh, um, grip. Um, The new P225A1 is available with both standard or 3.0 SIG um, night sights, which uh, um, I would recommend. Um, The grips are also very nicely checkered, uh, and the silver medallion um, sitting inside that black G10 grip is, is really quite a handsome uh, uh, setup. Now, all of the pistol's controls are located on the left side of the pistol, which is uh, uh, basically the takedown lever, the decocker, uh, the slide stop, and the magazine release. This is not set up to be uh, an ambidextrous uh, gun. Um, if you get to the point where you're looking at my targets, at 21 feet, the pistol provided an excellent grouping, but it was low and to the left. Um, jumping out to about 40 feet, uh, I changed my point of aim to about the 2 o'clock point on the uh, inner orange circle. And that moved my shots over to about dead center, but they're still coming in low. Um, this is an excellent pistol, but... Um, uh, you may want to go back to SIG depending upon how yours is shooting uh, and get different sights or, uh, you know, a, a lower or a higher front sight uh, if you have an elevation issue and get a gunsmith to drift the rear sight whichever way um, you may need to take it because the, the sights are fixed and SIG sights are not something where you can easily take your... Um, punch and mallet set and uh, drift them over. Um, I'm glad they brought this pistol back, but I'm going to bottom line uh, my decision on what I did with this uh, uh, pistol. Uh, When I was in college, I took a course once where the professor talked about three factors that you should look at something to determine... uh, the value and your criticism of whatever it is that you are reviewing. Um, And those three things are, what were they trying to do? Did they do it? And was it worth doing? Um, What were they trying to do? They were trying to recreate the P225. They were trying to create a really good uh, single stack 
9mm pistol. Did they do it? Yes, they accomplished that goal. However, here's the rub for me as to whether or not it's worth doing. In comparing the P229, uh, or excuse me, the P225A1 with my CZ compact PCR pistol, they are almost identical in size, including width and height and length. Um, the CZ shoots to point of aim for me. Don't have to do anything to the sights on it. And the CZ holds 15 rounds in the same size package as the SIG, which only holds nine. So for me, um, this turned out not to be quite be my cup of tea. And uh, I, ran, I, I wound up selling the pistol to a co-worker who was delighted to have it and is enjoying it more than I was. Um, but my subjective uh, opinion on it, it was not one that I wanted to keep. So there you have it. Well, um, so it's an upgrade from the original, basically. But yeah. uh, still not enough for Average Joe to just have to hang on to it. That's it exactly. Mm. And, and, you know, we've discussed this before. Yeah. Um, things that I buy um, many times have to be resold so I can invest in something else. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty particular about what I keep. And this one for me, since the CZ was the same size, shot closer to point of aim for me and holds um, 15 as opposed to 9. There just didn't seem to be any reason to hang on to the P225. Didn't make the cut. Nope. And, uh, of course, I, the other one being a CZ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, uh, Doc. I think that, uh, as you kind of mentioned, Joe, the idea is, you know, this modern gun now, is it competing with the other guns that are out there? And when I'm looking at the specs, the table on your blog post, by the way, is very helpful as I'm not only comparing the original 225 to the new 225A1, but when I look at those numbers, you know, if, if I wanted a really small pistol, you mentioned some of the other smaller single-stack 9 millimeters that are out there that are, right. that are not necessarily a whole lot smaller, but they're a lot lighter, uh, probably have a lot better trigger. We're not going to be dealing with anything near 10 pounds, and I'm sure much shorter. And despite the fact they shortened up that trigger... Um, you know, a shorter trigger is easier to use. And then I look at the good old Glock 19. And really the only way that that, that gun beats out the Glock 19 is the reason you want a, a double single, a traditional double action, or if the length on the Glock 19 is a little bit too much because it is about an inch longer. But other than that and all the other specs, just your standard Glock 19 um, kind of edges out that 225A1 as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, you make a, you make a very good point. And I've got, um, I've got smaller, more concealable 9 millimeters that hold um, 8 to 9 rounds as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the reduced capacity of this gun just doesn't make sense in uh, the designs of today's handguns if you're looking for uh, a concealed carry pistol. I agree. I agree. And I was glad to hear you kind of sum it up that way because I think that there are better choices out there. I do like the the silver medallion on that black grip, though. You're right about that for sure. Aren't we seeing, I guess, more of the same like that happening? I mean, with other guns that are coming out and they're kind of trying to do the Me Too thing, 
you know, and there's already plenty out there that, that work based on what you're needing, you know, what the real need is, I guess. Um, well, uh, true, you know, and, and as Paul mentioned, the, the Glock 19, which is kind of the, uh, pistol that sets the bar mm-hmm. for a standard nine millimeter compact pistol, um, we all awaited uh, for them to come out with a single stack. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Glock 43 is significantly smaller mm-hmm. than the new P225A1. So I, I lo- that, and, and that's my whole issue with it. If I'm going to carry a gun that size... Um, I'd rather have the 15 rounds, whether it's the in the CZ <laughs> or the Glock. Um, if I'm only going to have eight rounds, um, the Glock 43 is substantially, substantially smaller. Mm-hmm. SIG's own uh, single-action P938 um, with their extended magazine holds eight rounds, comes with night sights, uh, is a fantastically made pistol. And I can carry it in the in the pocket of most of my pants. Yeah. Um, so it there's as I look at this pistol, there's just no real edge it gives you anywhere. I, I wish that we could get a really high quality, high mass as well single stack nine millimeter striker fired gun to hit the market. And the reason I say that is because, you know, there are folks out there that the Glock 43 is probably the right gun or maybe a Smith & Wesson Shield is probably the right gun for them from a carry standpoint. However, shooting those smaller 9 millimeters can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And having the mass of something like this SIG 225A1 can really help people to become comfortable with the 9 millimeter cartridge and firing it. The problem is, is if you're having a hard time with recoil, dealing with a 10-pound trigger that's probably substantially longer than your standard striker fire trigger, that's probably going to be problematic for mm-hmm. you too, especially in the start. And so I would love to see, you know, a, a, let's call it full-size, um, made-out-of-metal 9mm, and, and maybe you've got a CZ right up your alley, and I'm not as familiar with the CZ line as you are, Joe, and Doc, you as well. You know, maybe there's the perfect solution right in there, but, um, you know, that's where I'd love to see this gun hit and maybe the sig p320 is is actually what i'm talking about the problem there is it's big yeah the the single stack aspect of it makes sense because it fits smaller hands so so what you're saying is paul basically one that's like almost like a compact in that glock 19 realm but yeah that's full has full weight to it full mass to it yeah yeah i'd love to i would love to see a single stack glock 19 Absolutely no doubt about it. I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I would also love to see a stainless steel frame version or a steel frame version of that. And and I think that that simply helps a lot of people ease into the gun that they should be carrying. You know, the there, there, there was a time where people said, you know, your gun is not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be comforting. And then there was a backlash against that concept saying, what are you talking about? You know, you can find a comfortable gun. You can, you don't, it, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. But the fact is, if you're brand new, shooting a Glock 43, it, that's a, that's a wild ride mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. It's a handful. You know, for, yeah, absolutely. And so we've got to find a way to help people into that. Heck, even shooting a Glock 19 might be a, a good amount for some folks. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd love to see that perfect pistol in there. 
Well, I'm toying with uh, some modifications to my 43. Um, there are a number of um, extended uh, magazines that mm-hmm. fill out that grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm starting with a plus one um, so that the magazine will now hold seven instead of six rounds. And, and depending upon if I like that, I may go to some of the plus twos, which I, which I think would make that gun handle a little better for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for a newer shooter, um, but you know the proof will be in the pudding when I when those arrive. Well, and there's no doubt putting a couple extra rounds increases the mass of the gun at least when you're firing those first shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that can be beneficial, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with that. That's one of the things I kind of and and I don't really know what the R51 weight was supposed to be based right on. The R51, but, you know, yeah, weren't well. It, were like, those like, supposed to be out a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> October. Year ago, like it's, last October. It's crazy talk, but at the same time, I'm right with Doc right now. That's why I was so excited about the yeah. R51. Yeah. It was a metal gun, you know? Right. right. And it was... And it was... Yeah. Exactly. A disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. It was a Pelican case waiting to happen. <laughs> and, Which I've not seen a Pelican case. And I, I, will, I will remind you that uh, Ava uh, told Adolf to uh, uh, buy the shield and stuff. Of uh, the R fifty one, that redeems the knife article all day long. That video is one of my favorites ever. Oh, yes, great. Mm, goodness gracious! Have I posted that? I haven't posted that. I don't know. You should. You should send, you should send me a link. We'll post that up. I'll, I'll make sure I put that down. But yeah, remind me to do we'll that. Take- That'd be good. Um, okay, well, that's a you know good review as usual, sir. Um, doesn't make the you know, doesn't make the average show cut. If if this is what you're looking for, go get it. it yeah. you know it works. Not that you're dissing the gun; you're just giving your yeah. honest opinion based on what yeah. you like and don't like. That's what we do around here. That's how we roll. Awesome. Um, let's see. You know, talking about mags. You know, I asked you earlier. Um, I guess Paul a while back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Single stacks. I've not really been able to get into them. Of course, <clears throat> I just. To me, and my hands aren't overly big; they're actually small. I think comparative, but the the thing about it is, I I, I like to double stack uh, for the you know, increased round capacity, and mm-hmm. like you said, add a little weight to it at the beginning. It gives you a little better balance, and you know, uh, two. I think I can manipulate it a little better because you know the magazine uh, for reloads and all, based yeah. on the fact that it's a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I guess I just get my hands around it better or I don't know what's the word. It's not tactile. I, something about it's just easier for me to, to do versus like, a some a single stack type thing. But, uh, I'm sure some people think the exact opposite of that. What's, you know, what, what's your take on something like that? And what's the best for, I mean, how do we reload in a stressful situation? Yeah. You know, when we're talking about reloads. Uh, with any gun, you know, let's let's take this to any gun. Um, we need to make sure that when we're practicing, when we're training, we reload from a realistic standpoint. You know, I've had a lot of comments from people recently um, as I've been talking about the Smith and Wesson Shield, and we're relaunching the Plan B. And folks have been saying, "Yeah, I just don't have those problems with uh, with my shield." And specifically, one of the problems is the magazine has a tendency not to drop free. 
And I think a lot of the reason that people don't understand that that problem exists is because they're not training realistically. They're not practicing realistically. So what do I mean by that? When you recognize that your gun is empty, and you might recognize that by feeling the fact that the gun went to slide lock and didn't recoil forward again as the slide closed. You might recognize it uh, when you come back into your ready position. And you know I've had students that have had the slide actually bump them in the chest because they come back in that ready position. That's when they realize the gun is unloaded. Other students haven't realized it then. They drive the gun back out to do more shooting and they realize it's you know not going bang. What's going on? Oh, the gun's empty. Well, when you recognize that, it's time to get that gun reloaded. And they're a bunch of things that need to happen all at the same time. You know, you start to bring that gun back into that high compressed ready position. You are dropping that magazine by pressing that magazine release button, typically with your strong thumb. And the weak hand, and this is where a lot of people make an error, that weak hand should be retrieving a fresh magazine. At this time, we know our gun is not functional. We need to get it back up and running. Let's add ammunition to that gun. So we're getting that fresh magazine. Well, when we're standing in a stall, at the shooting range practicing, how many times have you reached up and helped that magazine out of the gun? Or maybe even just had that hand up there to catch the magazine. You don't want it to hit the floor. You don't want it to you know, slide out in front of the shooting line. You don't want to have to bend down to pick it up later. I get all that. But at the same time, if you're not practicing realistically, sometimes you don't even find out the problems that your gun might have when you need to use it in a realistic manner. So getting that weak hand out of the reload, unless it's necessary for it to be there, from the standpoint of getting the magazine out of the gun, I think is an important step in reloading that gun. And then once you've got that magazine in your hand, then it's simply a matter of tracing it up your body and getting in that magazine well. Overhand rack is how I teach my students in the majority of situations and get back to work. And so it's that idea of training realistically that I think is so important that people forget about. And uh, next time you're at the range, what I encourage folks to do is simply make sure you keep that weak hand uh, out of the game when it comes to getting the magazine out of the gun. Let it hit the ground. It'll be okay. If it goes in front of the firing line, you know, use the broom to pull it back in or, you know, wait until it's, it's uh, clear and you have permission from the range and, and they've done what they need to do to make sure you retrieve that magazine. It's uh, realistic training is worth the time and the effort so that you can understand your equipment and how it really works. And so... When we think about that, Joe, when you start talking about using extensions on that Glock 43, I'll be interested to hear how those extensions work because one of the things that happens to happen or one of the things that often happens with those single stack guns is our hand, us, us bigger hands especially, tend to trap the magazine inside the gun. Yes. And so we have to help that magazine out. And that's a challenge that... Uh, that, that we've been dealing with with the, the Smith & Wesson Shield for a long time. The magazine sleeve doesn't help. We see the same thing in the XD series pistols, uh, excuse me, XDS series pistols, as well as some of the XDs, like the uh, 3.8 that has the shorter grip and the shorter barrel, and then you can buy the extended magazines with those pretty sleeves on them. I mean, now you're trapping that magazine inside the gun. It takes two hands to get the magazine out sometimes. That's not necessarily a good thing. Explain the trapping again. What, what's happening well, there? So so typically on these short guns, and we can go anywhere from, let's talk about something that's very familiar to folks or maybe very familiar, Glock 26. If you put a Glock 17 mag in a Glock 26, the magazine now gives your pinky and the heel of your hand someplace to go. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. It's comforting. It makes us feel better. It feels like we have a better grip on the gun. Same thing with a Glock 43. Footprint-wise, same exact size gun as the Glock 26 except for the thickness. 
So when we put an extended magazine into that gun, the pinky that used to be in the air, the heel of our hand that used to have nothing to grab onto, it now has something to purchase on. Mm -hmm. It's the magazine itself. So now when I press the magazine release button, it stays. I'm yeah, I'm actually holding the magazine into the gun. Yeah, because it's the grip. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, that that's exactly right, Doc. It extends that grip a little bit longer. Now, when we think about the Glock 26, and the correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. I don't have a 43 yet. Um, it ships with a flush fitting mag, and then one with a pinky extension on it. No added capacity, but a pinky extension. Is that right? That is correct. So it's pretty easy to deal with the pinky extension. You simply open up your pinky when you press that magazine release button, like you're you know some highfalutin British guy drinking tea and that magazine drops free no problem but when you've got the added capacity now it's not just the pinky it's the heel of the hand well i don't see british people opening up the heel of their hand when they drink their tea because that's just not how your hand works right and so that's when we trap those magazines in the gun you know i've got our title oh really what's that highfalutin british guy <laughs> Hoo-hoo, highfalutin british guy i love it I feel like my job is done. You've won tonight. Oh, man. Well, that I'm makes a lot of sense. Though. I mean, like you say, you've got the grip and your hand's holding it in. And even, you know, even with these smaller grips for people that don't have large hands, that, that's going to mm-hmm. be, I think, a, a potential, too. I mean, even, even my hands are not big. and But still, I think you have a tendency, once you know that the extension is there with a longer magazine, that sleeve, especially with the sleeve on, your hand just naturally moves to a more comfortable position, I guess, or spreads out or what to a certain degree anyway. So, Yeah, my um, hand just kind of goes yeah. and plasters itself all over whatever's there. Because, you know, I, you know, I don't have big hands, but I've got meaty hands, and, and they're reasonably sized. And so, you know, even on something like a Smith & Wesson Shield, I am trapping that eight-round magazine in the gun all day long. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that whole Plan B thing is all about. That's why we... That's why it's what I saw students having experience with out on the range that drew me to, to redesign that base pad and that sleeve to try and bring a, a better product to market. Mm-hmm. And where, where are you with, on that now? We are hopefully in the next seven days relaunching, which, of course, I'm happy to kind of announce here on the Gun Nation mm-hmm. podcast first. Wouldn't want to announce it anywhere else. That's what I'm talking about. But with the uh, Podfather himself and average joe and uh yeah we're, we're getting ready to relaunch a second version with some some very minor but uh important modifications so i'm pretty excited that's great man now yeah. um what are you going to have uh, you, i guess your website uh specifically yeah right now the best place for people to go to find information is ssa.training slash plan b and that's ssa.training slash plan B. And if you go to that website, it'll take you to, uh, at, at this very moment, uh, an email list where you can sign up and I'll send you some videos talking about what the plan B is all about. And eventually, depending on when you're listening to this episode, that may take you to a, a page that gives you access to all those videos after they've been created and, and gives you the whole skinny on the plan B. And even if you don't have a Smith & Wesson Shield, these are going to be videos that might help you understand how to use whatever gun it is that you do have more efficiently. And, and that's my goal. And so right now we're in the process of, of putting together a pre-sale. We're going to have some prototype models that will be on sale 
and then all kinds of other, um, let's call them upgrades, if you will. We're going to do a, a, a crowdfunding model on this, mm. and we're going to take this baby all the way from aluminum to molds and polymer, and we're going to complete the patent, and we're all going to do it together uh, as a team, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome project. So we've got a lot of money to raise, a lot of capital to raise, and a lot of um, good learning to take place over the uh, – do you know anybody that knows anything about patent stock? Nah. Huh. Um, <laughs> you think about it, and if you know anybody, I'm going to want to talk to him as we get ready to uh, to finish the filing. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a it's a cool project, and you know I'm a gun teacher. You know, talking about reloading, that's what I do, and so this is a real stretch for me. Um, but I've been learning a lot, and it's really cool to see how excited folks are about it. Well, it looks like it's going to be a real quality product too, and it's um, you know, I think that you know it serves a purpose for sure. So. That's, 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 that's what that's I, it's what I'm trying to help people understand. You know, I've got some folks that have said, you know, it sounds like a product in search of problems. And I think to myself, ah, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you should try reloading realistically. Maybe you should, you know, take a training course and push your gear to the limit because that's where, that's where I came up with this. Mm-hmm. You know, the shield wasn't my primary carry gun when I designed this. This came out of me watching students struggle on the range. Mm-hmm. watching students training realistically and having failure points. And I addressed a product to try and alleviate some of those failure points. Well, very good, man. And perhaps this would stretch into other manufacturers? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I got an email from a guy, and I was, like, excited and sad at the same time <laughs> because, well, like, I don't want to hear about someone causing a failure in their gun. But, you know, the the real way that we found out how much of a problem with this was is I just told students to get rid of the sleeve, just rip the thing off. Mm-hmm. And what happened is we started to bend and break ejectors on Smith & Wesson Shields Uh-oh. because the magazine would over-insert and bend the ejector or break it and then would shut the gun down. Uh-huh. Okay, that's not good. Nope. <laughs> so, so I got an email from a, a guy just the other day. He over-inserted a Smith & Wesson M&P 9mm magazine into his nine millimeter C, his compact Mm. and bent the ejector. And so right there, again, I'm like sad to hear it because it's a design problem with the gun itself, but I'm thrilled because there's the next place to go. Mm -hmm. We can provide people a high capacity backup magazine. That's not going to break their gun. And then obviously, I mean, we've talked about some of the guns that fit in here, you know, the, the XD, serious pistols, the XDSs, mm-hmm. um, especially anytime we're looking at a single stack gun, we have to be careful of that magazine contacting the ejector. It's something I should have known about when I was telling students to rip off the sleeve. I mean, I come from a 1911 background. That was a major problem. 10 round mags in a 1911 are a problem if you over insert. Well, duh, I guess I forgot that. <laughs> so thanks to my students for helping to reeducate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, We'll take it. We'll take it wherever we we see it fitting. You you probably won't ever see a plan B for the Glock 19 or the Glock 26, mm-hmm. because a Glock 17 magazine is not going to insert on a Glock uh, on a smaller Glock and break the ejector. It just right. it's not a possibility in that gun. We might make some kind of fluffy pretty thing someday, but it'll probably be called a fluffy pretty plan B because it certainly isn't anywhere near as imperative as is on the on the shield or on the MP 9C. Fluffy, pretty plan B. I don't know, man. That one sounds good too. You like that? Yeah. We'll what, do you think? Pink. What do you think? Highfalutin British guy or fluffy, pretty plan B? 
Let's have go vote. either way, Doc. I'll, I'll take it. I'll go with average Joe's thought. What do you think, Joe? I think the fluffy pretty. <laughs> fluffy Love pretty. It. Plan B. Plan B. I like it. I still got my pinky in the air, though. It, it's Is it stuck that way now? Yeah, totally. You guys want a prototype? You want to test? You got, you got a shield, Doc? No, I do can not you, have a shield. Get a hold of one? Won't you send me a shield? <laughs> <laughs> with the... Uh... <laughs> What about you, Average Joe? You want to check one of these out? We should have them out in the next, uh, I don't know, 14 days or so. And I want to get them out to some people that want to take a look and do some review. And so if you guys are interested, let me know and I'll get one to you. I don't have uh, a shield, but I know people in the shop that do. So send me one and I'll let them play with it. Awesome. I might Love go it. buy one just so I can get the prototype. I like the way you're talking. Let me I like see the way you're that. talking. Let me see. You get to keep it. You get to keep the prototype. Oh, yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. Well, you know, the only thing that would make that even better is if you were at the range shooting in your Gun Nation t-shirt, ladies. Boom. Along with the Plan B. Golly, man. The only thing that would make it better would be an R-51. <laughs> <laughs> A real working R-51. Man, oh, man. Let's talk about these, you know, we mentioned it last time, didn't we? The t-shirt action. I don't know, did we? I think we I did, or maybe I'm wrong. We've just been talking about it on uh, Facebook so much. But uh, Everybody go ahead and uh, write an email to doc at gunnation.us and let us know if we talked about this last time or not. <laughs> just a yes or no, everybody. <laughs> Y'all three of you. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I got the thumbs up from Doc to create a 99designs campaign to create a Gun Nation t-shirt. And what did we have? Something like 90-some designs that yeah, were submitted. There's quite a bit. By designers. Yeah, there was a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of sorted through and, and booted some that we didn't like, including the one that depicted America dripping in <laughs> blood, blood and falling into a hole. <laughs> what was he trying to sell to it? Say to us. I there. don't know. I don't <laughs> think he really understood the design brief or maybe that person didn't think that guns were a good thing. But anyways, <laughs> um, we did not select that design. <laughs> and so we got it down to, I don't know what, like 16 designs. We yeah. sent a couple of polls out to you folks and you folks chose the same winner both times. And so we've got our, our basic design ready to go. And, and I think, uh, Probably tomorrow I'll put it on my to-do list to send in some final notes based on listener feedback, based on the comments that you folks left, and we'll get that design um, on its way. We'll get the the information forwarded over to us, the final drawings, all that good stuff, and uh, and then we'll start getting some T-shirts ready to go. Yeah. And uh, right now what I'll do is I'll set up a link. Uh, I can do a, a short link ssa.training slash gun nation t and if you want to jump on there you know as soon as you hear this and take a look at the designs and take a look at the polls you can see what it is that's there we may have already you know not, i'm not going to say we may we will have already selected the winner but check it out and see what it is that that's up there and give us your feedback we may still be in the revision process and then that'll be the same link where we can uh, get you redirected to actually getting a hold of those t-shirts and we haven't even begun to discuss how that's going to happen yet. So I don't know where that link's going to take you, but eventually it'll take you someplace, either on the Gun Nation website or we'll go through the SSA store or whatever it is that Doc wants to do with that and uh, get some T-shirts in hand and uh, get you guys uh, send us some pictures of the range. 
reloading your guns with your pinkies in the air and, uh, <laughs> you know, high falutin' British British falutin'. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I like some of the comments. <laughs> it's, it needs on the back, it needs to say, in quotations, it's pronounced lever. Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, when when people started to leave those comments and in the second post i made that really clear that the comments are what really helps us Mm -hmm. figure it all out but that like that's gonna be on the back of the shirt now that's gotta be there so classic it's it's perfect this is hilarious um yeah those are (laughs) those comments are really funny so uh, yeah uh yeah check it out man i you Mm -hmm. know the it looks like these designs some of them really are uh you know really look good i think uh Nice and classic we could have, looking. Yeah, we could have picked 10 of these and mm-hmm. had great t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So check those out coming up. I think uh, I think you'll enjoy seeing those and hopefully getting some, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, well, uh, what you guys got coming up? Uh, let's see. Uh, you got a Mag 20 in June. I noticed you're getting everybody prepared for that, Paul. Yeah, a 20 and a 40. A 42, doc. yeah. Yeah, so uh, June 16 through 19 here in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, Facebook is kind of funny, and now that it reminds you of everything awesome that's ever happened in your life or anything you've ever complained about, <laughs> you know, it tells you, hey, two years ago you thought this sucked. Yeah, it just um, shows up. So what <laughs> makes me feel about, disappointed. <laughs> right. What sucked about this day two years ago was that there was like 12 inches of snow on the ground, just like today. But poor Masada Yub was in town from Florida in Cleveland, and we were wrapping up the Mag 20. And uh, he, he didn't kill me, which is cool. I appreciate that. And uh, he didn't forbid himself from ever coming back to Safety Solutions Academy. He just made me promise it was going to be in months where there typically isn't snow. So he'll be back uh, the 16th to 19th, first two days, range, second two days, legal lecture, and the uh, rules of engagement for the armed citizen. And... You know, you can read reviews all over the interwebs about how pivotal pivotal that class is, and uh, I highly recommend it to to all my students. It's one of the things I tell people: the five areas you need to train. Legal is one of them. Get it, get it wired down. Yeah. Plus, it's mass, you know. Yeah. And it's Paul. So. Well, you know. Good gosh, what I'll, else uh, could you possibly? I'll want? check in your paperwork and uh, help They'll, out on the range. They'll and, show you uh, how to hold your pinky. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Show you where. <laughs> this is the position of the pinky. Yeah. Right here. Oh, man. One yeah. lump or two. Yeah, here. We're going to pass out the teacups. And, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. So it's uh, Average Joe. How's the book sales? You don't know yet. I don't know yet. Don't know yet. But uh, any more books coming, looming in the future? No. I, I would like to update um, this book mm-hmm. because... One of the things that happened, you know, right after we had it published uh, was the San Bernardino shooting. Mm-hmm. And that brought a new wrinkle into this that we haven't seen before. Um, it was an ideological extremist workplace violence shooting, mm-hmm. um, which we've had ideological extremism shootings before, but not really that many in the workplace itself. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's starting to be some very interesting work done on how to identify if you have 
an ideological extremist working in, you know, your midst. Right on, man. Well, um, of course, obviously, you'll be able to, uh, if you go to Average Joe's website, I think I've got it on our website. We'll post it up again, though, of course, so you can go get your own copy of that as well. Yes. And, um, but, uh, well, Joe, what what other, um, what you got coming up as far as reviews go? Uh, any? Well, um, I've got the new Walther PPSM2 coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a CZ Custom Shop uh, 75B uh, matte stainless with Cocobolo grips and night sights Ooh. coming up. Uh, it shoots like a house of fire. And it looks, it's a looker too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like their satin stainless looking. Those are mm-hmm. good looking. Mm. We'll be looking forward to those, too. Well, hopefully we'll get some of the other folk on here sometime. Everybody's been so busy lately. Um, But anyway, well, guys, let's wrap it up. I think uh, I think we covered what we were wanting to do tonight. Uh, we had a couple of emails we're just not going to get to tonight, but uh, don't forget to keep sending them in. We try to reply to those, uh, not just on the air, but you know also personally back sometimes so uh if i've missed yours i apologize uh, just remind me <laughs> and we'll we'll try to get to it so anyway well, guys i appreciate it we'll holler at you next time all right see y'all that will do it for this episode of the gun nation thank you for listening to the program pay a visit to gunnation.us for all things gun nation And until the next episode, remember, stay armed and stay polite. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.